This is Pastor Nathan Kirk, and I am so glad that you have decided to make Greater Life a part of your day by tuning in to the message that you're about to hear. We here at Greater Life are a group of people that are passionate about living for Christ, as well as service one to another. From our worship services, classes, and messages, we strive to love and serve with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I hope you enjoy the message you're about to hear, that it is a blessing to you, and that in turn you may be a blessing to others. If you're searching for a church to call your home, I encourage you to join us here at Greater Life. Your Bibles, open them up, turn them on, however you got to do it. This is the book of your favorite book in the Old Testament, Zechariah. Zechariah, chapter 4. It's on page 610 for me, so it probably doesn't do you any good, so consult your index. Let's turn our Bibles to our index, and then, and then to the book of Zechariah. That's kind of not funny, though. <laughs> Zechariah chapter 4. Amen. God is so good. He's so good. He is right and right on time. On his time. Who knows no time? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lord. Zechariah chapter 4. Now, the angel, this is verse 1. Now, the angel who came back and wakened me or talked with me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. I don't know how else a person is woken up from out of their sleep, so we'll just keep reading. <laughs> I don't have anything for you there, but the angel woke me up, and verse number two, he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I'm looking, and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Real quickly, Matthew 11 and 15, I'll just read this for you, simply says this, Matthew eleven fifteen, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. For a little while this morning, I just want to minister and preach as the Lord, I pray, leads and guides on this subject, a sound worth seeing. A sound worth seeing. Amen. If that doesn't make sense, it's gonna. <laughs> Amen. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you put down your Bibles? Why don't you greet someone here this morning? Welcome them to the house of the Lord. Welcome them here today. Welcome all of our guests and our visitors. Thank you for being with us here this morning. Amen. 
Amen. All right. All right. All right. Let's find our way. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> Amen. I so appreciate this morning um, just the openness and sensitivity to the um, and how the service was conducted today by everybody involved. Uh, we didn't plan, you know, one of the cool things is we didn't really plan on um, what Brother Marco said before the service opened about, about faith. We, he and I didn't discuss that. Um, we didn't discuss the very first song that we sang, which included the words, not by power, not by might. We didn't discuss anything planning with Brother Kunger saying, well, come on up and speak and talk to us about Samir. We didn't go into all those things to build any type of, or to fabricate any type of uh, emotional response here today what you are, I believe, experiencing and what we're experiencing is just the Lord knitting things together and putting things together because there's something bigger than just these circumstantial things that he wants to reveal to you, I believe. He wants to reveal something deeper and, and more profound to you personally. And so here this morning in the preaching of the word, what I'm going to do is I just want to try and minister a few things here today but what it's going to require from us, each and every one of us, is if you want something, if you need something, it's going to require a response to what the Lord is doing. So if you need something today, don't just sit back and internalize it. Interact with it. Interchange with it. Interact with what God is doing. And by faith, step out and lift your voice by faith, step out, lift your hands, and receive what God wants to do in your life. At the end of this service, as our custom is, we have a time where people are invited and encouraged. We encourage everybody, anybody, to come up uh, front here to, and not to do anything weird or mystical, but just to pray, just to respond, to respond what God wants to do in your life if something's resonating. You don't have to. You can, you can do that right where you're at. <clears throat> you can be weird where you're at, too. If that's fine, you can do that, too. That's fine, too. This passage in Zechariah chapter 4 is, uh, finds us in the middle of, essentially right in the middle of nine visions that the prophet Zechariah is seeing and that the Lord is showing him. And this vision concludes with this notion, not by might, not by the strength that you have, not by power, not by political power or influence or the money of the day, not by might or by power. How is, how is this going to be done? It's by my spirit, 
says the Lord of hosts. But the reason why that conversation is coming up in the first place, I want to give us a little context to this passage here today so it can maybe mean a little bit more to us here today than just kind of a one-off verse that we say. The reason why that has a little more significance to the prophet Zechariah is because Zechariah was, uh, in the time that he was in, was a contemporary with another prophet, Haggai. Now, Brother Reed, all the way in the back, prophet Haggai, what was he going on and on about? You remember? I know you know. About building the Lord's house. Building in rebuilding the temple. And Zechariah was, was, was in that very same time with Haggai. And one of the reasons why this is so important is because if you rewind 70 years prior, nearly 70 years prior, there was a prophecy that was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet that was given uh, to God's people in Judah at that time. And he spoke in Jeremiah 25, 11, and in Jeremiah 29.10, he speaks the same things in these passages. And he says to the people of God that for 70 years you're going to be in bondage. For 70 years you're going to be, in, you're going to be uh, dispersed and in captivity. But after 70 years, he makes a specific point, you're going to come back and you're going to rebuild. And you're going to rebuild the temple. And in Jeremiah chapters 30 through 33, he begins to just lay out and explain to them about their return. And about 70 years later, this is kind of this repeating theme, 70 years you're going to return and you're going to rebuild the temple and you're going to begin to restore worship. And the Lord is going to come and, and he's going to meet you in a new way and it's going to be profound, a new Jerusalem and a Messiah. Like all these prophecies are coming out and it's this 70-year time span. And so what we find here is that Zechariah and Haggai, but we'll stick to Zechariah here today because that's our text, is, is being spoken to by the Lord and shown visions. And the reason why this is so significant is because he's being shown a vision of worship being restored in the temple. He's being shown a vision of a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top and seven lampstands with seven pipes to seven lamps and two olive trees by it, one at the right and the other at the left. And it's this notion of worship being restored and the oil flowing like like it maybe used to, like they thought it used to, but in, in a different way, in a new way, the oil flowing and the anointing flowing. We know that, I'm going to get to this in a second, but the oil, as we find in the New Testament especially, and this even goes into the Old Testament, is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, of God's Spirit among His believers and the anointing and how significant that oil is. But what we find here for Zechariah, quite simply, and this is where you might find yourself today, how you can connect with this right now, is that Israel has been back from their captivity. They've started to rebuild their town. They started to rebuild their walls. They started to rebuild their shops and put everything back. And the 70 years is almost up. The 70 years in that time span is almost completed, and yet they have not rebuilt the temple. And the promise that God has given them is nearly coming to a close. And this big work has yet to be done. And so where this resonates with us today is this, is that there are some promises that God has given you. And the time has expanded on and you haven't yet seen those promises come to pass. Am I talking to anybody here today? 
Is this okay? That there's been some prophecy or promise that God has given you, and it's getting closer and closer, saying, God, I don't think that there's very much time left on this clock. I think you've got to hurry this thing along. Or maybe you're even looking at it and you're saying that the the time is too far spent and there's no way that that this will ever come to pass or this will ever be accomplished because too much time has gone by. Am I talking to anybody here today? Come on, someone, don't sit down on me now. Where God has given you some promises and you say, but all of this time has gone by. And you say, I'm going to talk to you, you say, I'm too old. Or you say, I've, I've, I've done too much wrong in the wrong direction. I, I've made too many mistakes. Or, or the, the, maybe your promise and what God has given you involves somebody else. And you see them going in the opposite direction. And how is it that they will ever, ever return? Or how is it that they'll ever step back in the right places in their life? where they need to be with you, Lord. How will this ever be restored or put back together? They seem to be going in the opposite direction. Can I get a witness here today? Is there anybody that this is resonating with today? That you see, you say, God, it seems like the time is pretty much up and there's no time left for this thing to be accomplished. I don't know how this is going to be done. And this is exactly where the angel was talking to Zechariah and he said, good, because here's how it's going to be done. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord, that there's nothing you can do to try and drum something up to make it happen. There's nothing that you can do by your power or your might, by political strength or by money or anything that you could find to coerce this situation to getting better. The only thing that's ever going to make your miracle or your promise or the prophecy come to pass is not by what we do in our strength, but it's by the Spirit of God moving in your life. The only way, hear this preacher today, you might find that there's social justice issues that we want to look at and we want to organize and get together for any kind of social justice issues. You might look at the way our economy is going and say we've got to do something about it and go to the polls and vote a different way. You might say that we have to have army interventions here and there and all of that is the way that the world works and the world has always worked and it's going to continue to work. But the only thing that will turn any situation around is not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. There's, that's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only way. It's, it's the only way, and especially when you see things going in the opposite direction. We've heard about that already this morning, but let me just talk to somebody this morning and, and ask, have you seen things go in the opposite direction? Like, God, you promised this, but it's going that way. Sometimes, sometimes it just has to come all the way around. You know that story of the prodigal? Some of you are like, I know it all too well. (laughs) You know that story of the prodigal when he walked away and Some of you have said, Lord, you gave me a promise that if I train up a child in the way he should go, when he's old, he won't depart from it. 
and I see him like the father looking at his son walking away. Trust in the promise that God gave you. And you say, but God, you gave me this promise, but they're going in the opposite direction of where they should be going. Trust in the promise that God gave you because the story isn't done yet. And some of you have been prodigals. Some of you have prodigals. And you're seeing them going in the opposite direction. Trust in the process because God is saying, I'm not done with them. They're still able to come on back. I just have to work some things into them and out of them. Them in order for them to make a full circle for when they return. Trust it. Trust him. Trust him. Even when you see it going in the opposite direction, and you say, well, that's easy for you to say. Oh, okay, it is easy for me to say. That's easy. It's easy to say those things. It's easy to tell somebody else that. It's easy to say, well, here, you know, just have this word and, and go ahead. But can I tell you, when you begin, it's, it's one thing to just have a word and to say, yeah, I know what the Bible says. Anybody ever been there? Like, you're in, you're in a pit and you're in darkness or you're struggling so deeply and somebody gives you a, a word, like, the word is still really good. And they say, here's a really good word. And you say, thanks. I mean, yeah, I, I know that. And, I, and then we begin to have guilt, and we begin to look inwardly, and we say, I know, and, and I know I'm supposed to believe that. And we start, so we start to feel guilty, and we start to feel ashamed, because it's not really landing with us. The difference is this, is that you have to mix the word with your faith. And when you mix the word that you receive with faith, and faith is not just an internalization, but faith is action. When you begin to say, God, I see, every, I see everything built up except for your house, for your temple, and I don't think there's enough time to get done, but yet I'm just going to believe for it and start putting things in action and in motion anyway. When you see things, not, there's not enough time left, or the situation is too far gone, or it's too dark, or, or it's, it's gone too long, and you feel like you're too old, or you've missed your window, can I tell you something? That it's God, he's still in it. He's still giving you a word. He's just saying, just walk. Just walk with me for a while. Just walk in the promise that I've given you. Just walk in it. Yes. Because you need to rely more on what you hear from God than what you see in this world. Come on, someone. How many of you have heard some things from the Lord? And now keep, now keep your hand up there. How many of you have heard and got some promises from God? Yes. Like, look around. Yes. Okay, keep it up there. Don't worry about it. And how many of those promises still have yet to come to pass? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can put them down. Ugh. If, you were, if you had my perspective, or if you're sitting in the back, <laughs> you would look around and you would see hands all over. Hands all over. Hands all over. It's all over the place. Can I, can I just encourage somebody? Trust what you hear from God more than what you see. Because what you see isn't the whole story. What you see is just what we can perceive in, in, our, in our humanity. 
even in the spirit, we can only see so much in the spirit. God's doing, his vision, the Bible says that his ways are, as, are far above our ways as far as the heavens are above the earth. So it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. You can pray and fast until your belly button turns inside out. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. It's that his ways are above our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth. Your best effort can't even get you close to getting his perspective. I don't care how much vertical you have. My vertical is about slide a sheet of paper under my feet. That's about as high as I can jump. But I don't care how much vertical you have. Your best effort can't get you to have God's perspective. So you just have to trust him. Trust what you've heard more than what you see. Okay, I'm going to preach to you this morning here in a second. Here we go. (laughs) Trust what you hear. A sound worth seeing. Because despite the fact that the speed of sound is slower than the speed of light, can I tell you, you can perceive with ears to hear what is happening before you see it come to pass. 1 Kings chapter 18. This is after three and a half years of drought that's taken place. Elijah speaks to the wicked king Ahab, and he makes this proclamation. This is after living in years of drought. I want to talk about spiritual drought, or in your life that your life has seemed to just plateau and it hasn't gotten any better. And it seems like when it, when it plateaus, when your life plateaus, it doesn't just not get better. It kind of seems to fall apart. I'm talking to anyone here today. Okay. You feel like you've just plateaued and this is about where you're at and you're never going to see anything. And you've been through a season of drought. Let me, let me just share this with us here today. That God has promises to get you out of that drought. You don't, you're not intended to live there forever. Just trust him. So Elijah says to Ahab, this wicked king, he says, this is, they're still in drought, by the way. He says, get up, eat, and drink. For there is a sound. Everyone say sound. A sound of abundance of rain. Get up, you're still in drought. Eat, you're still in drought. Drink, you're still in drought. Why? Because there is a sound of an abundance of rain. There's a sound that I hear even though my situation hasn't changed one bit. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel, and he bowed down to the ground, his face between his knees, and said to his servant, go and look towards the sea. And so he looked, and he said, what did he say? Oh, there's a great big storm cloud. I see all this rain coming in. That's not what he said. Oh, I heard a sound, and so I heard what God's telling me, and so therefore I must automatically perceive some change in the atmosphere. No. The situation was the same. The ground was still dusty. The leaves were still dry. There was still 
no spare water to be found, nothing. And that doesn't change what he heard, though. And even when your situation is the same, don't, don't judge it based on what you see. Trust in what you have heard. Because when you hear from God, it will keep you looking for what he promised you. But not just the first time. Oh, I went and I looked and it wasn't there. I went and looked a second time and it wasn't there. Oh, I tried another time and it wasn't there. And I went, I went through this, I went to another doctor's appointment and it still wasn't, hasn't changed. I went to the court system another time and it still hasn't changed. I went and got another job application and it still hasn't changed. I went and tried all these things time and time and time and time again and still nothing has changed. But then the seventh time he went and he says, I'm beginning to see a difference. Why? Because his actions didn't depend on the atmosphere. His actions were dependent on what he he heard from God. And what you need is not to make your actions dependent on what's around you, but to trust what God has sent to you. And that will change the way that you live. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You've been, you've been watching and looking and not seeing it happen. But it's not done yet. It's not done yet. God... Who's going to argue with God? Who's going to argue with what God has said? Scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who's got more authority than him? Who's going to convince you that what you're seeing is your reality versus what you've heard from your master. For our elders today, I respect and we love our elders that have been foundational and paved the way for us to be able to be here today. We're praying for many of our elders who are sick and affirmed. We want to lift you up in prayer and lift up your arms in this season. But can I tell you, our elders, you know, one of the things that they used to talk about ever since they, they started off in this thing, is that Jesus is coming soon. Right? I remember hearing that when I was, when I was just a boy. Jesus is coming soon. That was 30-some years ago. Jesus is coming soon. He's, on, he's coming soon. Be ready. Look to the, look, just keep looking. Keep your eyes open because Jesus is coming soon. And our elders are sitting here. They, they're like, well, this is 60, 70 years of Jesus is coming soon. But one thing you will hear them say we're just one day closer. We're just one, one moment closer. We're one second closer to Jesus coming soon. He's coming back. He's coming back. Don't, don't, don't let what you have seen determine what you have heard. And don't let what you see change what God has told you. Because you're going to hear a sound. It's going to get your attention. What, is, what are we going to see when Jesus comes back to this world for his church, for his people? What are we going to see? Well, the first thing is what we're going to hear. You're going to be about your day. You're going to be about your business, and everything's going to be just like an average day. Oftentimes, when I was young, I used to pray that Jesus would come on Sunday morning. 
Like, please, please come on Sunday morning. Because I'm a mess the rest of the week. But please come on Sunday morning. <laughs> anyway. I still pray that sometimes for your sake. <laughs> but about your daily business, you're going to be going about it. And it's not what you're going to see. It's what you're going to hear. Because there's going to be a sound of a trumpet that announces his coming. And it's a sound worth looking up. It's a sound that you're going to hear that's going to make you stop whatever you're doing and say there's something moving and changing in the atmosphere. That's a sound worth seeing. It's a sound worth seeing. Second Kings 7, there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said one to another during another time of famine, they said, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit there, if we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. That's okay. I mean, okay. That's, we're kind of on that track anyway. Sister Vesta Mangan, because of the times this year, said, you can't scare me with heaven. Write that down. We shall only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. Why? For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses and the noise of a great army. And they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. And they arose and fled at twilight and left their camp intact. They arose and fled for their lives. I don't know what this speaks to you, but I'm just going to, I just choose to claim this is that the Lord has a sound that he is sending a sound to your enemies that lets them know that the battle, does, it lets you know, first of all, that the battle doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. And it's the sound that will give you something to look at. It's the sound of his coming. It's the sound of him interacting and him moving in ways that the enemy has no idea in this world, has no idea what's going on. They're confused. They don't know what's happening. But it's a sound that will cause them to put down everything and to flee to sound worth taking a look at to sound worth seeing and you need that sound in your life we need that sound in our lives sound worth stopping and arresting our attention and saying what is going on over there John chapter 3, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. Probably the most famous verse out of this chapter is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What we have to understand is that that verse is in the middle of a conversation, and it misses the entire beginning of the conversation. So you listen in on the middle of a conversation, and then you walk away thinking that you have all the information. <laughs> you got a way off. <laughs> Nicodemus is asking Jesus some questions and speaking to him. He comes to him by night. In John 3, 5, Jesus says to him, most assuredly, or maybe your Bible says, verily, verily. I like that King James Version, like pay attention. Verily, verily, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. You must be born again. If you want to enter the kingdom of God, you cannot just enter the kingdom of God by just believing. You must be born again. If you want to, come on, so if you want to enter the kingdom of God, belief is your foundation, and that puts you in motion to obey what God has told you. But it doesn't stop at the foundation, the beginning steps of belief. You must, everyone say, you must be born again. And how are we born again? Nicodemus asked that question, can a man enter a second time to his mother's womb? Jesus says, no, you have to be born of the water, which is of baptism, and of the Spirit. But hear this today, hear this today. In verse number 8, Jesus goes on and he says, simply says this, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound thereof but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone. He's saying there's a sound that you hear. And you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going, but there's a sound that you hear. And this applies to everyone that is born of the Spirit. So fast forward a little bit to the book of Acts chapter number 2. You, you want to know, know what, here's what we're really good at. And I, <laughs> no, <laughs> we're really good at, our world has become really good at racing to the bottom. The least that I need to do for the most that I can get. Now, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. There's, there's a reason. Like, some things are okay. Like, I don't want to have to work too much and get taken advantage of. We are right here. Okay, we're good. All right. But, but the world is, and Christianity has gotten into this, this thing that's called seeker-friendly. Now, if you're a seeker today, I want to be friendly but I also have to be honest. Somebody, somebody said to me, oh, I'm, I'm getting so much trouble. Um, somebody once said to me, you just don't want me to be happy. And it's like, I, I don't really care if you're happy. I just want you to be saved. Because <laughs> when you're saved, you're happy. You're saved from this world. Like, look what this world is doing. If you're tied to this world, you're going down with it. We're not tied to this world. We're free. You're free when you're born into the kingdom of God. You're free from the world. Okay, okay. So, but there are certain things that we'll go the extra mile for. There are certain things that, that we'll, we'll, we'll take the extra step for. And in, 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 I was just doing this the other day. 
I downloaded a new app on my phone for banking, and it gave me a two-step verification. And it was saying, if you want to log into your account and access what I have, what you've got in there, you've got to go through these steps in order to get in there. Come on, someone. And so we just want to say, well, I just want to believe, and that's, that's all I need to do. If, if all you want to do is believe and make it into the kingdom, that's like making your password the word password. If, for some of our elders, if your password is password, let me just tell you. Find a millennial, find a generation Zer, and just talk to them and let them help you. It's like a ministry. It's like... <laughs> We just want to help you for online giving. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's just, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's just a joke. Everyone relax. But then we stand before judgment and we say, well, I don't really need to verify anything. I could just get in. I could just get in. And Jesus here is saying, you need at least a two-step verification. You have to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you have to receive the Holy Ghost. You have to be born of the Spirit. That's not, that's not what, what we, like, that's what Jesus said. He's like, if you want to be born into the kingdom, you just need a two-step verification. You just got to be baptized, born of the water, and baptism, and you got you to receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's all I got to do? Yeah. It's not that hard. Let me tell you, if you have not been baptized, you can be baptized today. Like, we have water. What's hindering us? Why do we have to wait? You can be baptized today. If you've not received the Holy Ghost, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can be born of the Spirit today. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost, so there's a sound that that Jesus says in John 3 and 8, there's a sound that, that is associated with everyone who is born of the Spirit. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly... Was it the fire first, or was it the sound first? Suddenly, there came a sound. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then, after that, after that, then there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the words to say. But it doesn't stop there. It keeps going on in your Bible, and it reads in verse number 6, Now when this, when this experience happened, when this, the Bible says in Acts 2 and verse 6, when this was noised abroad. It was a sound that got everybody's attention to say there's something happening here. Their gathering looked like everybody else's gathering, but there was a sound that began to spread. There was a sound that began to rumble and to begin to overflow. Can I tell you that when you have an experience with Almighty God, it's not a just quiet introspective experience there is an overflow and a sound that flows from you as God gives you the words to say there's a sound if you need the Holy Ghost you can receive the Holy Ghost today 
accompanied by a sound. Because when you hear what God is doing, it will open up your eyes to see entirely different. And it will get your attention to change what you see. Huh. Come on, we need to change what we see. But the only way that we can do that is if we are full of the Holy Ghost. And if we have him moving and operating in our lives. Last thing I'm going to mention here this morning as we begin to close, and musicians, if you would come, because I'm going to be quick about this. What do you, what do you see, he asked him. He asked him, what do you see? What do you see, he asked. The angel asked Zechariah, what, what, what is it that you perceive? And he had a vision of what he had seen. But it didn't, something with that vision, he was struggling to align it with what God had said and what he had heard God say. Let me just insert real quickly that what God speaks to you will never contradict what he has written to you. And if you want to know what God is saying to you, read what he has written to you. And that will give you a foundation for him to speak to you. Be, this is just me being pastor for a second. Be careful of people that tell you, God said. The Lord told me. Now listen, if there are faithful people that are full of the Holy Ghost and are faithful people... That's something that you can, you can rely on and you can give them. They've got some corn in the crib. They have something in the bank. That's fine. I'm fine with that. But be careful from any person out there who just says, well, God said and God told me. And God gave me a word for you. Is this all right this morning? Be careful. I'm not saying don't listen to them. They, they could have a word for you. It's possible. It's got to line up with this book. Got to line up with what he's written. Okay. So what have you heard? What has God told you? What promises has he given you that have not yet come to pass? But that are, and, and even some of them that are right on the edge of expiring. And you say, God, I don't see how this could ever happen. I'm sorry to do this this morning, but I'm not that sorry. I'll be sorry later. Sister Sabina, you've been given a promise. Your, your daughter was prophesied over. You were given a promise that she was going to be healed. Is that right? It's been a long journey for you. I, and I can't imagine. I commend you. If, if you know this woman of God and woman of faith, faithful, faithful, faithful. Faithful. And it hasn't been perfect for you, I'm sure. There's been times where, and 
I'm not telling on her because I don't know, but there's been times where maybe you're in similar situations where you get upset. You get upset at God. Say, God, what, what, why? 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 Why am I in this situation? Why? What, what have I done? What have I done to get put in this situation? Why, why is this my burden to carry? And then when you get a promise that that, that burden is going to be alleviated, you say, well, God, why, why isn't it done yet? And it seems like it's going in the opposite direction. Seems like it's going, it's, it's, it's getting too far down. And, and it's, you know what, this is just, we resign ourselves to this is just the way that things are going to be. Begin to become hopeless and begin to become helpless. Trust, continue trusting what you've heard rather than what you see because God's not done yet. And it's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's not by strength. It's not by influence. It's not by power. It's not by popularity. It's not by politics. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. God, I don't see how any of this could ever be accomplished. God, I don't see how any of the promises that you've given me are ever going to ever come to pass. I feel like my son and my daughter is going in the opposite direction. You told me that they'd stay. I feel like this, this situation in my life is in total ruins. And, and God, I tried to give my life to you. And you told me that you were going to restore some things in my life. But trust what he has told you rather than what you see. Because when the restoration comes back, you want to be able to receive it with wide open arms and say, yeah, come on. Come on home. Come on back. Come on back. to Listen, I want to be restored. Welcome back. Welcome home. Welcome. Yeah, I want to welcome in what God has given me instead of being resentful about what I don't yet have. God, welcome, welcome. Because you're going to begin to hear a sound before you see a change. All of a sudden, you're going to get rumblings, a little sound. Stand together here this morning. Ezekiel 37, and I didn't give you these scriptures, so you don't have to worry about looking these up, but Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon Ezekiel, carried him in the spirit of the Lord, and set him down in the midst of the valley that was full of dry bones. And he caused me to pass them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you, you know. Because what I see, what I see doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, you dry bones, hear, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the sound. Your circumstance needs to begin to hear your faith. Your circumstance needs to begin to hear your words speaking to it. Your mountain, when you see the mountain, Jesus said, say unto this mountain. Mountains can't hear you. Dry bones can't hear you. But the circumstance needs a sound to utter from you in order to change the atmosphere of what you are seeing. 
but it starts with a sound. It starts with your voice speaking. Listen, this isn't some name it and claim it prosperity gospel. Nobody in that gospel, in that prosperity gospel, can stand with any firmness and say that they are standing on the word of the Lord. They are saying what he has not written and abusing that. But when you begin to speak in alignment with what God has, has told you and what he has written in his book for you, when you begin to speak to those valley of dry bones and you begin to let the sound of your words into your situation. Some of, some of you have, have promises that you haven't seen come to pass yet. You've got promises that have not, in restoration that hasn't quite happened yet. The, the problem is that we do a lot of talking to God, and that's not a bad thing, but he's saying speak to the situation. Begin to speak to the mountain. Begin to speak to the dry bones. Begin to speak to your Lazarus. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And I prophesied. And there, before the bones ever came together, before life was ever breathed into their lungs. The Bible says, I prophesied, and there was a noise. The sound began to precede what I could see. And it's from you. It's from you. It's from you that you can begin to speak into your situation. You can begin to speak, not, not just talking to God, and that's great, let's talk to Him. But some of you need to talk to your mountain. Some of you need to talk to your valley of dry bones. Some of you need to speak to your illness. Set it down in a chair next to you and say, Cancer, I, I, I just need to talk to you because you don't belong in this vessel. I don't, I don't receive you anymore. Come on, somebody. Some of you need to take your brokenness and sit it down and next to you and say, brokenness, I, you're not a part of this story anymore. Yeah, we want God to heal us, but you need to talk to your mountain and say, mountain, you're not a part of my life anymore. I got somewhere to go and you're standing in the way. So it's time for you to move. last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You can speak, because that's a sound worth seeing what God will do. If you have a promise in your life that you want to see come to pass, we can't force God's hand, we can't convince him to hurry things along, but if you have a promise that you want to see come to pass, I want to invite you, you want to, why don't we come on up here this morning? 
If you feel a little uncomfortable, why don't you grab somebody and say, come on up with me. Politely. We're going to pray here in a second. Come on up, get real close, because there's a lot of folks coming. So if you're coming, just go ahead. Get to press. about this spot right here. This is okay. <laughs> if I was a false prophet, I might say, stand right here and that's where your blessing is. But anyway, just come on up. It's okay. here, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You go ahead. You don't got to wait. You don't have to wait. If you got promises that God has given you, I just want us to, I just want us to do this. This is nothing, nothing mystical about this. I just want us to focus right now. So we can, can we close our eyes? I just want us to focus on the promise in a situation that seems like it's drought, the situation that seems like it's famine, that seems like it has not, and it will not, the time is, is too far spent and it's too late and we don't know what we're ever going to begin to do about this. And that mindset in our lives that says, I guess it'll never come to pass. Oh, that's your mountain. That's your valley of dry bones. And it's not by might. And it's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So before we, before we get to that place where we can begin to speak to it, I want us to get to that place where the Lord pours out of his spirit so that we have some authority to speak to it with. So in Jesus' name, let's lift our hands here this morning. And let's ask him right now, would you pour out of your spirit, Lord, here today? Come on, can you just ask him and invite him? Lord, I got some words that I need to speak, but I don't want to speak them in my flesh. I need your authority and your power, Lord. I need you to speak through me and for you to do the work. And so, God, I'd ask that you begin to pour out of your spirit. Pour your spirit out upon your people today, God. Pour it out on the people that are hungry and that are thirsty and that want to be filled with your spirit, with Lord, power after the Holy Ghost has come upon them. Oh, God, fill us, fill us, fill us with, Lord, your spirit today. Because I don't want to speak in my flesh. I want to speak with what you have for me to say in Jesus' name. Come on, someone, begin to let the sound, as it was noise abroad on the day of Pentecost, begin to let the sound begin to come out of you. Who cares what the person next to you is saying? Who cares what the person beside you is doing? Lift up your voice and begin to let a sound utter from you as the Spirit gives you the utterance. 